little light. If you have your Bibles and want to follow along, we're in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus, chapter 20. We're doing the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments are amazing. Uh, There we are. My hope has been, as we go through these, is for you and I to really look at them. Almost everybody, if you're a Christian, and I say Ten Commandments, they know of them. They might be even to tell me what they are, but to really consider what God is doing as he gives his people these commands, the depth of them. And, and, and really what I've been after is to try and show you what a grenade it is in your life, what a bomb it is, if you're really going to accept it, that God's commands are not his enablements. God's commands are his impossibilities. Whoa. When I first heard that and first considered it, I rejected that. That was like, no way. Because to me, the Ten Commandments were God's gracious gift to us and good. And if you say that I can't do them, then you're saying they're bad. That is not at all what we are saying, ever. What a beautiful law God has given. What wondrous commands are in his word. How my heart longs that they might be what you and I do. But then I must look at the mirror of the law as it exposes our inability to do them. The problem is me. That's what we've seen, right? And, and to, to make it lighthearted, you say, well, someone comes and says, hey, would you, help, would you help sweep my driveway? You're like, no problem. I like to sweep. I'll sweep. They don't tell you the driveway's 10 miles long. You're like, well, I didn't sign up for that. I got other things to do too. The Ten Commandments, the commands of God reach to the sky. So we started looking at that, right? Like, you shall have no other gods before me. And yet we put ourselves before God all the time. You won't make any graven images, and it's not just talking about idols of wood and stone, but it's talking about things that you worship, things that bring you value more than God. Oh, the horror. And last week we looked at don't take the name of God in vain. It it doesn't say speak. It's talking about not representing him wrongly, ever. We do. I do. I, I, I cringe at how I've um, represented God wrongly to my kids, you know, because I'm a dad, I'm a father. There's a father in heaven. He sure doesn't look like me sometimes. He's way better. He's perfect. So, so we have these things. And today we're actually looking at one that, that is, I believe, almost the most important one for you and me who are followers of Jesus Christ, who trust, trust Jesus. It's the fourth command, the Sabbath. And you might say, no, wait a minute. I mean, that one we don't even do anymore. I mean, uh, do we? I mean, or, or do we? Or, or, or what? And you get kind of caught in the weeds about do we, don't we, and, and, and what is it, and all those things. But, but God gave this command and actually he gave it right after the biggies when i say biggies it's like have no other god besides me it's kind of i understand that he's god don't you dare put anything before him and then he says don't you dare make any other idols that you would worship i get that and he's going to talk about don't murder but before he gets to don't murder he, he he gives this one and it's the longest one it actually like explains what it is he's doing as he gives this command that's the fourth command, right? Okay, pivotal, 
pivotal moment because it's going to be about doing something. And, 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 and what is that thing? Most argued over, most debated, probably the most misunderstood. Yeah. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The command of God. I want to talk about what that is. I want to go into it. I want to understand that you and I would understand what it means to remember the Sabbath. What that's talking about. Why, why it's amazing. Why, why it's ironically, ironically deep in the list of our failures and intimately tied to our salvation. So, so this is huge. This is big. Let me read the text. Go to the text with me. If you want to follow, it's Exodus chapter 20. We're reading verses 8 to 11. This is it. It's short. But, but it's not short for the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day, the seventh day is a Sabbath to Yahweh your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son, or your daughter, or your male servant, or your female servant, or all your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. Okay, stop there for a minute. It's not quite done. That this is what it is. Remember to set apart this day. And the word Sabbath means in Hebrew rest. There's a rest day. And then he goes on to make sure, in case you didn't catch that, you six days you work, you labor, you do all your work, but the seventh day is a rest to Yahweh your God. And his name is there. Right? That's the capital L-O-R-D. Very specific event. Rest on this day. You and your family and your kids and your servants and your livestock, anyone around you, don't make them work. They shall rest. Right away, I have trouble. It doesn't say rest because it's good for you, right? Everybody needs a break. <laughs> That's not what he's saying. He, he's, he doesn't say do this because it's nice to recharge. You need a break day. That's something we say. That's not the command. Be moderate in your work. <laughs> this command is grounded in representing who God is. I say that because God does. For in six days, Yahweh made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Holy doesn't mean church. Holy means set apart, consecrated, different. There's a difference to this day. And you will remember it, says God. God worked for six days and he rested on the seventh. That's Genesis. He didn't need to work and he sure didn't need a day off. God was tired. <laughs> That's not true, is it? We know it's not true. God never tires. He never. So, but he did rest. He did enjoy his creation. And so people of Israel were to remember and set aside this day. They were not to work on this day. It'd be a mar remarkable representation of God to every nation around them. Who's like, what in the world? This is another day. You should get some things done. You'll advance. You'll, you'll, you'll be further ahead on the next day if you do a few things today. Just rest. Honoring a God who, what? Utterly takes care of them. Not, not just utterly takes care of them, made everything that they can see. 
I've got that God. He made everything. It's a holy thing, this rest, signifying that God created everything. So I want to make sure and make clear, it doesn't say in our text, we, we, we add it in, that it's a day to make sure you worship God. That it's a day that you make sure that you go through services or you, 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 you read your Bible more. Or you, it doesn't say that. Those are all fine things. Right? This is talking about the reality, the imaging that you're doing, the imaging of God, that you are so dependent on him and so trusting that he is the one for you, that you rest. You put down your labors. So the stopping of work itself is the imaging, right? The remembering, the setting apart there. They're being different for God because God is their provider. God is their creator, the one who made everything. And he rested, and so we're representing that. That's what the Israelites were to do. And, and they put their tools down and ceasing labor is to do anything that overtly benefits you. Anything that's going to advance you. Right? That's labor. That's... Uh, or earning money, Sh- sure, but, but that's uh, increasing your territory, advancing your reputation, all the ways we depend on ourselves and our actions for merit. We do these things all the other days, but not this day, cause, and, and not because you need a break. I'm sorry you're so tired. Why don't you take Sunday and, and, and nap? No, that's not the idea of this. You might need that. Maybe you work too hard. This is God saying I am like this. You will make it so. Okay. Breathe, sit, read, relax, go read a random book, but but don't earn money. Don't plan how to advance yourself. Don't do good work so people think better of you and you improve in some sort of standing before God because you're working hard for him. I just want you to, to hear that, that that's what he's talking about, right? That's the Sabbath. That's this rest idea that's, that's greatly grounded. And it's not like an afterthought. We think, well, that's kind of nice, but where the real goes, no, this is so deadly serious. This is the most serious command, I would say. Why do I say that? Because the Bible beats it with a hammer. Let me show you just, just, just one verse. Here's Exodus 31. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Well, okay then. <laughs> I guess I won't be working today. <laughs> I don't want to be put to death. When Israel is kicked out of the land and, and God says, you're done with the, prom- the promised land, the amount of milk and honey that I gave you, and you're getting kicked out, what is the reason? They didn't give their Sabbath rest. They didn't do it. You guys didn't do your Sabbath. The whole connection that I have with you, the whole imaging that you're doing of me, the whole reality that you're living in is, is, is reflected in the Sabbath, and you don't do it. The crazy thing is, you don't do what? Rest. You see how ironic that is? God says, okay, this is, this is the thing you really got to do to make sure that we're connected and you show it to all the nations. I want you to do what? Nothing. And we're like, people of Israel are like, oh, can't do that. We got to work. Okay, but put that in your mind. Okay, so super important to God. Comes before don't kill and don't commit adultery and, and all those things. Do this, you die. You have to do this or you die. Honestly, it doesn't sound that hard. 
sounds like something I could do. Like you're really going to stand up and God's going to say, you need to take a day and just blow it. I'm down with that. That's what little kids do all day. Mostly, unless I make them work. They're, they're playing. That's the whole definition. I'm not working. They're doing stuff. They're like exploring and doing. It's not no activity. It's like no, like, no, no investment in their own like, advancement at all. They're just like running around in the bushes. Be like a little kid. Super important. I want to talk about that for a minute with you. How do we forget the Sabbath? Because we do, right? My whole premise for you, and I think what I'm trying to get into your heart is the wonder of this command, the depth of it, and how you fail at it. Because, and, and even if you're saying, this doesn't apply to me, I'm interested in that. We'll talk about that. Don't lose that. But let's first think through with me for a minute about how we forget it. Because, because how did they do again? They did terribly, right? So, so you would think this is easy. Who doesn't want a day off? Sort of on pain of death, take a day off. But, but actually, this was a huge deal for Israel. This was the sign, the sign that God was their God, the sign that he did everything for them, and, and it's the reason given over and over why God pushed them away until the land got its rest. So you kind of say, well, those bad people, you know. <laughs> why do we even talk about them? I, I mean, this the Ten Commandments, this is the easy one. I'll, I'll do it. I don't... I don't know anybody that keeps the Sabbath. I know a lot of people who observe it. Do you? I only know people who don't. In different ways. Mostly it's death by a thousand cuts. So, so, so the concept is fabulous, right? Will you agree with me the concept is fabulous? Will you agree with me that rest and honor for God who is your everything? That you start thinking God made it all. God did everything. God made the whole world around me. God delivers me. God is their savior from Egypt. And in Deuteronomy, that's the reason. It's like, I'm the God who delivered you out of Egypt. That You do that. I'm like, I get it. And it's fabulous. God is everything. I will image that by doing nothing today makes kind of sense. And, and, and yet, there also is a command, like, you're going to do this, and so, and there's the reason we failed. So you get why, in, in, in Jesus' day, there's a whole group of people who are like, we got to make sure we do this better. We're, we're not doing this right. So, so they made these, make sure on this Sabbath day, and for them, that Saturday, that was the last day of their week, so, so on this Saturday, we, we, we do nothing. Say, well, I don't understand what nothing is. Okay, let me help you define it. So, so, so you're not to carry any burdens. You're not to light any fires. You're not to weave. You're not to, I mean, they had a whole list. It, they actually had a word for it. It's, it's melaka. It means deliberate activity, and you couldn't do deliberate activity. Anything that contributed to personal gain. I get that. That's how I would read it, too. I, I, I get what they're doing. 39 categories of forbidden activities. If you're a Jew in Jesus' day, no plowing, no sowing, no reaping, no spinning, no weaving, no cutting, no erasing more than two letters. I guess one is okay. No starting a fire, no carrying anything. And you did all that, then you were honoring the Sabbath. (coughs) We're going, those silly people. They're adding all these regulations. You know they're not actually adding all those regulations? 
It's a logical place to go because in Exodus 35, it says you can't kindle a fire on the Sabbath. That's not them making it up. That's God saying, don't start a fire. You guys ever turn your heat on 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 Sunday? You weren't allowed to carry a burden. No backpacks for you. And they weren't allowed to, right? They could walk a certain amount of distance, but it was only a certain amount of distance. It's essentially something like, uh, I forget the unit they use, but it's something like a half a mile. That's the most you could walk. And they had ways they got around it that we laugh at. You know, tie a string to your, to, your, to your house and you're walking so you're within your house's radius. Or you have way stations. You go and pray at the little temple way station and then you can go to the next one and you're actually trying to get four miles away. That's trying to get around it. But they're very much in this idea, what do we do? How do we do this? And we're going to do it because it's serious. If you don't do it, you die. So let's accomplish that. Is that accomplishing rest? Is that accomplishing what God's after? To say, man, if you just tell me what it is that I'm prohibited from doing so that it can be called rest, I'll go ahead and do that. God, I mean, these are the Pharisees, right? God had a name for them. Remember their their main name from Jesus? Whitewashed tombs. It's like you're trying to do all this stuff, but your heart, every single commandment's been about the heart. Every single one goes inside. Every single one's not about, well, can I mow my lawn today or not? That, that's not the issue. The, the issue is, what's your heart about this? What is it? They don't have a soft heart. They don't have a soft heart about God doing everything for them at all times. This is why I believe when Jesus comes and he, and he comes and he, he, he's having mercy and he's healing. or he's, he's doing, That's God at work because God's at work. Jesus is at work. They're mad at Jesus because, because they don't think it's God at work. They think it's another person working. And, and mercy is so different than, than, to them. that This is not about mercy. This is about accomplishing what God has told me to do so that I stay in his favor. What do I have to accomplish? Doing nothing. So I'm going to make doing nothing a work. So that God stays happy with me. That's where their minds went, right? They didn't actually rest. They just did less work. They made lots of rules and evaluated how they were doing based on the rule. That's called meritorious rest. <laughs> keeping the rules is what is keeping God liking us. And, 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 and even those who are really into the Sabbath, right? Even people today who are really into the Sabbath, they don't really do the command. I'm at, those who take a rest day, they kind of, well, I putter around the house. I, 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 I do some honeydews. What's that called? Work? Right, I use it as a catch-up day. I call it rest. But when you're doing those, you're using it to advance yourself. You know, wink, wink, God. You know, did you hear? You know, anyone who does any work on the Sabbath day dies. Any. And and really, when you talk about work, you're talking about anything that that advances you. And 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 so this idea becomes: I can't do anything that actually will help me <laughs> get ahead at all. You know where I go right away. Surely God understands that my roof is leaking. Surely God understands that if I do a little bit today, my tomorrow will be, will be easier. 
Surely God understands that, you know, if I, if I don't mow my lawn today, it's going to be a week before I get to it again. It's time to do it. God's like, why are you calling me Shirley? it's not about you having a break. It's not about you having a recharge. It's not about you kind of establishing, oh no, I'm in this rhythm. That's not it at all. It's about God being your savior, being your creator, being your everything. That's why they couldn't even light a fire. Right? It, it's, it, it's, we, we take it and we lower this it just doesn't seem very practical, right, to not sweep the front porch or not do the do's that I need to do. Or not. It doesn't seem, but a good example of this we've had already, it's the manna that God provided. God provided for them, and on the day before the Sabbath day, he provided twice as much, and then, and then he didn't give them on the Sabbath day. They weren't supposed to go out and do anything. Say, but I'd like a little more to put away. No, that stuff rots. You're exhibiting your dependence on me every single day. This is how we should be. So God says the seventh day is a rest day. Do it because I rested. Do it from the heart. Do it to honor me, to get totally away from doing anything that is work. Like, like you have any hand in any of your salvation, in any of your creation, in anything at all. You are dependent on me, and I will show you, will show the world this, because you will do nothing on a day. Nothing at all that advances you in any way. No merit for you. It's an imaging of what God has done and is doing and, and who he is. It's, it's probably the most important thing you will do is represent God to other people. And the most important representation you can make is he is my everything. And then over and over and over and over, you act like he isn't. <laughs> Don't think it doesn't creep in. It creeps in. It creeps in in negative ways, right? The reason that bad thing happens to me is the poor choices I made. Well, is it the poor choices you made or is it God who does everything? The reason I won this Olympic medal is God's help and my hard training. Well, is it your hard training and your work or not? Well, can't it be both? The Sabbath is meant to say it's not both. It's all God. And, and we don't do it. That's the heart of it, right? Because you might say, sure, I, I failed. You might say, and maybe you're with me, you might say, well, because where we've gone is this is the only one where we really do this in, in any real sense. We, we kind of say, well, you know, the Sabbath, we don't really have to do that one anymore. Jesus didn't mention it in the New Testament. In fact, in some counts, Jesus was kind of working. I mean, he's healing on the Sabbath. He's doing some things on the Sabbath. So, so I'm going to be like Jesus and, and, and also not, not do the Sabbath. Yeah, think about that for a few minutes, will you? When I was a doctor, I never did miraculous healing like Jesus. So when God decided to do something and did it, and then you're going to say, well, I'm going to be like God. <laughs> Well, but God told me not to. If you flesh, if you flesh out, it tells you Jesus being God, and he's the one who gives mercy whenever he wants, and he gives the mercy, and mercy is always okay. It's not work. And here he is, Jesus doing what God does, and then we're like, well, there, therefore, I'm going to ignore what God said. 
it's so ironic what he really is, is that he's, he's mad at these Pharisees because they're acting, they're acting like what's important is God's done everything for them, but in reality, they've made it into a new work to show that they're worthy of God's blessing. That's like, that's like worse, that's worse than, than, than just saying, I, I, I'm not going to rest at all. Is to twist, that's I think why Jesus is so mad. I think... Well, but you say, Dax, okay, fine, Swanson, I'm with you. I, I, I get this. is a kind of interesting little conundrum that we're in to think about this. But I don't got to do that anymore because I'm a New Testament Christian. And so you don't judge me in terms of the Sabbath. Amen. The Bible says that, right? Here it says in, in uh, oh, that's the wrong one, though. I want you to see this. Where's my Colossians? There. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Don't let anyone judge you. You can do what you want, right? Because, because I'm not under the Ten Commandments anymore like that. At least not that one. Don't you think there might be another reason? You, you, you still think you're under the, I'm not going to worship any other God but God. You think you're under the, I'm not going to have any graven images. You think I shouldn't commit a, a, a adultery. I shouldn't, I shouldn't kill or murder. I, I shouldn't covet. I shouldn't do stealing. I shouldn't do all these other commands. You, you think somehow this one you, you is, is, you're exempt from because it's not mentioned? Might there be another reason it's not mentioned? And so you start thinking about who Jesus is. We're going to hit it hard in a minute, but think through with me just for a second. Right now, saying, oh, wait a minute. Jesus is their savior. The whole purpose of, uh, of keeping the Sabbath was to say, my God has delivered me and saved me. And here comes Jesus and he is the savior. Their only hope is in him. And there they are. They're not, they're not representing it even, even a tiny bit rightly. So instead of like telling him, do it rightly that you point to me, Jesus goes out and saves them. He's going to go to the cross for them. It's absolutely amazing. And not just them, but you. It's a fine place to be to say this commandment doesn't apply to me, but it doesn't get away from the heart of the commandment. What God is saying is always a matter of the heart. They were to image this because their heart was to be that God is my everything, that he is my savior, that he is my creator, that he has done it all, and I'm nothing. Don't you dare put value in my work. Do you know what we as Americans do over and over and over? Yeah, we put value in our work. It still is. It's the first thing when I talk to somebody. How are you? It used to be fine. Do you know what it is now? Busy. How you doing? I'm pretty busy. What's that? Work. Oh, what are you busy at? And then we go and identify ourselves by what we do. What do you do? Well, I'm in the army. What do you do? Well, I, I, I worked at the five and nine. What, what, what do you do? I'm a doctor. What do you do? That's like my identity is by what? What I work at. And, and we, we go after this over and over. We're defined by this, Right? The commandment is never to think you're earning anything God's given you, not even a little, but we define ourselves by what we're doing. And so it's the first question asked, the first thing we share with strangers. We, we, we've shifted to this badge of honor that we're very busy all the time. And, and we are. We're busy with life and work and family and friends and telling others that we're busy. 
We're, we're addicted to busy. And so you have this righteousness that gets attacked to your, attached to your productivity. Even if you're not super busy, if you're super productive, well, that at least takes the place. You can say, man, I, go, I get more done in three hours than most people do in 12. That's a statement of, of, of merit, of work. And we do it all the time, this value. And, 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 and don't get me wrong, work isn't bad. You know that work was in the garden before the fall? God put Adam and Eve and had them work the garden before the fall happened. Work is a good thing. The problem is not the work. The problem is not the law. The problem is you. You get value out of it. I do too. Boy, I'll tell you what, even as a pastor, I, I kind of set some, I have, I have some flexibility in the afternoons. But if I go down and say, I just want to go down to, the, to Zuanis Park and look out over the bay, soak it in. And my wife calls and says, hey, how's your day? Oh, pretty busy. I've been counseling different people. What don't I say? I went down for 45 minutes and just looked at the bay. Why? I'm kind of embarrassed by that. I'm embarrassed that I would go be quietly doing something that's not associated with my work and my value. I, 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 it almost never comes up when I ask and talk to you guys and you talk to me. What do you do today? Oh, I just sort of relaxed and hung out. You did? Well, you getting back to work tomorrow? Are you sick? Did you get COVID? What's wrong with you? There's got to be something wrong with you because you're not working. But that, that's how we think, right? Or, 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 we're in our culture, are you just being lazy? Laziness, sloth, raises its ugly head. Like, like, like that's a bigger problem than you getting merit on your own about you and what you do, which directly goes against what? The actual gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know which one might be worse, but I'll tell you what, that first one's really bad, and you're breaking the heart of this command which God is saying, you will image this, that I am your everything, that I am your savior, that I am your deliverer, that I am your creator, that I'm in charge of you, that I've done it all for you. And, and it's right there, that's the text, right? The more we try to, to, to work and be productive and, and, and get things done, the more sacrifices we give towards this, the more it demands, there's never enough. You will never have enough good things that you do. It will never be like, oh, I, so great. I did that three days ago and I'm not doing anything for the next three days. There will always be more to do to keep going, keep doing, keep producing. We have, we have mercy on people, but it's mercy so they can get back to going to work. So this is, this is I believe, Sabbath breaking in your heart. It is self-righteousness. It's the attempt to save ourselves by what we do. We're, we're guilty of it. The very doctrines of the scriptures that we, that we hold to and cherish, the number one is, is the very first one in, for everybody. And if it's not for you, it needs to be number one. It's justification by grace alone. Righteous by grace alone. Goodness by grace alone. What God gives you, it's by nothing that you've done. It's merit-free. There's no merit in it at all. There's no work in it at all for you. You can work after, you can do other work, but there's no work in this one. It is absolutely the most important thing in your life forever. And we functionally act like it's not true. All the time. 
with our kids, with our spouses, with our friends. We're always self-justifying ourselves with our work. We're always evaluating them on their work. We're always kind of seeing if they're doing well enough. And, and, and I want my kids to grow up well, so I'm, I'm training them to do more and more because they're going to advance. How are they going to advance? Not by resting in justification by grace alone. They're going to advance by working. By merit. So the command to rest, if you put it in that light, we're all guilty of it. Right? We're all natural do-it-ourselfers. We, we, we want to have love no matter what, but we're convinced we're going to have to perform and become and advance and, and, and do stuff in order to get it. It doesn't do any good to say, well, I, I, don't, have to do, I don't have to do this one. Like, it doesn't help you to say, you know, this one isn't, isn't really for today. But then you continue not to have this heart attitude of Jesus is my everything, which you don't have. Not entirely. And as soon as you put entirely in there, you're back to Jesus saying, be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. I actually think we hate what God's doing here. I'm sorry to say it so strongly, but I do think we are. There's a disconnect. God's making a disconnect from our labor and our value. He's saying, all your life is about me and my care. Honor me first because the way to honor is just to, to, and the way to honor, (laughs) you want to honor God? Stop working. I can't stop working. It's my identity. I hate hate that. I even use rest as a means to get other work done. If I, if I shift, I say, okay, Dax, I get it. I'm going to stop my job for a day or two. I'm going to stop that. And, but then what I'm doing is I'm working on other activities or good works or whatever so that people like me or so that my house is nicer or so that my kids, I'm, I'm working. I'm not resting. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a little kid not worrying about it in the bushes playing. Bushes sounds weird. On, on your bike, running around, whatever it is. You're just like experiencing life. I don't do that. When I do, I do it just for moments. And yet it's Jesus who's saying, let, let who come to me? Let the little kids come to me. It's Jesus who's saying, unless you become like a child, you don't even get into heaven. I, I think a part of that, a piece of that, is unless you abandon this merit-based work that you can't get over, that you continue, even every society that you're in, you're evaluating yourself this way. If you just drop that and turn to me, we call that repentance Change your mind about how God looks at you. We fail. So I, I just, we need to be done, but I, I want to I wanna make sure, I struggle with this. I actually asked several people, is it okay to put a cat picture on the screen? And they were like, people love cats. Have you ever looked at the internet? <laughs> but real rest actually don't mean sleeping. I want to talk for a minute about, hey, you guys, this is incredible. This command goes so deep into our hearts and it roots out this idea that we actually don't keep the fourth commandment a day of rest. And and how can I get through this? Because my heart should reflect a value not in what I do or accomplish, sort of what tasks I get done. It, it, it It should be that God is mine. Not my faithfulness, not my work ethic, not, not whatever activity. It should be this reality that, oh my goodness, it's a free gift. Look what I've been given. How do I live in that? What does it look like? 
the primary thing it looks like is that you fail. It's not a, it's not a mistake, you know, Paul's all. I like Christianity is a religion for people who fail. The first thing you got to give up is that you can do it. The first thing you're doing is going and saying, you know what, I brought God to my knees. You got to do this over and over because I forget it. I think I can. I go back to thinking I can. I, I get snuck in the back door of working again. It happens over and over. So you get pushed this morning. You say, come back to the cross because Jesus actually paid it all. Not three quarters and you got the other quarter. But, but all, Right? The gospel is not good news for those who try hard. It's fantastic news for those who give up. Who finally admit they can't do it. And I would, I, I would have to agree that the way the New Testament acts and the way you see it, that, that a, a, a sort of religious keeping of the Sabbath doesn't appear to be what the New Testament's about. But that's because it's deeper and wider. Because it becomes about Christ, right? Jesus, when he stands up and he says, he says, come to me all who are heavy laden and labor, who work, and I will give you rest. What rest does Jesus give you? If you'll receive it, what rest do you have? It is the rest of not working for God, right? It's not meritorious actions that God will reward are no longer part of my equation because now I've received the most righteousness, the most goodness, the most relational connectedness I will ever have. His name is Jesus and he adores you. When Hebrews goes and says that we read it this morning, but sometimes it's a little bit confusing because it's a long passage and he's quoting the Old Testament. But this is the piece I wanted you to hear. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. He's talking about Christians, you and me. For whoever's entered God's rest has also rested from what? His works, as God did from his. The whole thing that Sabbath is pointing to is remember, God did everything. God pulled you out and I'm, I'm, I'm putting you up as an image to the nation so they might see that you're different. So you keep this set apart and you keep pointing to me. And they failed. And so God, in the fullness of time, didn't send them down to double down on bad hearts and okay behaviors. He sent Jesus. And Jesus, who actually was the embodiment of of every good thing you could ever think of, of God himself, the perfect representation of who he is. Jesus did it for us. And he is our rescuer. And therefore, it says in Hebrews 4, he is our sabbatismos. He is our Sabbath rest forever. I have no more work before God ever. I cannot ever say, I will bring you my pile of goodness, God. Well, can I get a smile? You got the smile every day. You got the, you got the Holy Spirit descending like a dove, testifying as God declares, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit has a sermon that he gives to you and me. It's a three-word sermon over and over and over because he's a testifier to Jesus and what he's done, which is a testifier against your works that you're caught in. You're caught in this system. And instead of the Sabbath, Jesus is our Sabbath. And the Holy Spirit declares to you, what does he declare? It is finished. That's the word from the cross. That's Jesus Christ as he died for you and me. 
It is finished right now. We move from acceptance, not for acceptance. That's such a huge deal. And you will fail over and over in it, and you will get forgiveness because that's, that's what it's about. This is why God was so mad. Jesus was so mad at the Pharisees, right? They were accusing Jesus of work, and Jesus was giving mercy. He wasn't earning a single thing. He already was and is and will ever be the only God you will ever know. What matters is his performance on our behalf. And so our work is not helpful to get you to heaven, to keep you in God's favor, to get you something from God. No, your rest is as you're trusting in what God is doing for you. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us ever. It's not just that he worked. He works for us all the time. He's pleading our case right now. He's actually acting on your behalf in this moment before God in heaven. He's for you and it's all that matters. And and then you go, wow, I wish I knew that more. Yeah, take a rest. Lay it down. Enjoy the wonder of God for you. Because he's our Sabbath rest. He died for all of our Sabbath breaking. This huge banner over us. And it's love. But the words are, it's finished. We are Sabbathers by definition, you and I. Because we turn from our works and we turn to him. He is our Sabbath. And that's why this commandment is one of the most important to show the depth of your failure and the wonder that he's for you. Let's pray.